Welcome back to the All About Audiology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is a very special episode with one of my favorite people, Erin Miller, who is from Malaysia, and she has been part of the Connect and Advocate program for many, many months. So if you do not know about that program, that is the program that I run online. It is part support group, part informational workshops, and a beautiful, beautiful space for parents of deaf and hard of hearing children. So we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about the free hear retreat that we do for parents to come together and talk not only about the hearing loss and deafness and hearing aids, cochlear implants, sign language and decisions, but also about your experience with everything and how it affects your life, your relationship with your spouse and other family members. Having a deaf or hard of hearing child is a big difference, change, unexpected most of the time. And it affects your emotions, your challenges with it, the new things. So I'm excited to get into this episode with Erin. And I would invite you to have a listen. If you have any questions, always feel free to message me on Instagram at All About Audiology Podcast. Find me on Facebook. And guess what? TikTok too. So without further ado, welcome Erin to the show. Thank you. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and when you first realized that audiology and this whole world will be a part of your life. Well, I'll tell you about myself first. I'm Erin. I'm happily married to Adrian and I have two kids, one who's four and one who just turned one. My second daughter is Emuna and she's hard of hearing. And so her birth was when I was dumped into the world of audiology and hearing loss and deafness which was a real surprise to me because pregnancy had just been smooth sailing because the first one was a little bit traumatic so everything was a surprise because she referred on her newborn hearing test and I don't know whether we were expecting hearing loss per se because everyone around us just kept telling us that it's probably just fluid. As she grows, her ear canal will grow and it will get better. But test after test after test kept coming back, showing us that she did have significant hearing loss. That's when at least I knew I needed help. I don't know anything about audiology. I don't know anything about ears other than what I learned in school. So I really needed help. And of course, being a modern mom, the first thing you do is get on Instagram. why I would think to get (laughs) medical help from Instagram but yeah it worked out right hey that's where it's at that's where we are that's where we meet that's right (laughs) I didn't even know such things existed on Instagram other than happy pictures but yeah it was a great community that I found on all about audiology and so many other Instagram accounts as well that I encountered there and so that's how the journey began So can you tell a little bit about that experience of being told, oh, this is not a big deal. Wait, wait, wait. But you are concerned and you have questions. You didn't feel that the team, the medical professionals were making enough of a deal about it. Maybe it's just my personality as well. I'm not one to take what you say (laughs) just because you said it. So from the first refer on the test straight away, I really wanted a second opinion and a third and a fourth. I'm actually surprised that nobody made it even an option that there would be a chance that she would actually be deaf. 
I guess it's in a way the medical professional's way of making me feel better about things, you know, just calm down, don't need to worry about it now, worry about it when it actually happens. But for me, it was not helpful at all because it didn't prepare me at least mentally or emotionally. I wasn't given a way to prepare, especially since three months down the line when it was finally confirmed that she was actually hard of hearing. Then is when I was told it's so important to get them access to language and sound and all that. And I'm like, why didn't you start me earlier, right? Why didn't anybody tell me that I could have done this earlier, gotten a test done sooner or gotten hearing aids at one month instead of four or something like that? And that's such a common thing. I hear that from so many people about the timeline. And no matter what the timeline is, if it was three months difference or two years difference, everybody always has almost regrets or concerns that things should have gone differently. And I think there's a lot of inner work, emotional work that has to come into knowing that everything happened the way it happened. And you knew what you knew at the time, people who were with you, whether or not they did exactly the right thing, had a lot of factors to it also. And that's also part of the processing of the experience that we do within the program. Yes, that's right. In the earlier days, especially, I really needed that processing help because it's not just about the audiology side of things. It's about how you have to navigate all these conversations with family members. And sometimes people, well-meaning as they are, they don't know exactly what you're going through. They don't know audiology either. And everything is hearsay or from something that happened to them somehow, like just one random occasion. So all these experiences with people with the medical professionals you don't know what to expect it's hard to know who's exactly on your side to make that right decision with you and even as a parent of children without hard of hearing you'd already be second guessing yourself on so many parental decisions but with this especially when there's a pressure of giving the hard of hearing child sound access as early as possible as much as possible then that timeline just pressuring you. And so you always have to make really quick decisions or what to do next. How soon can we get these hearing aids? How soon can we get to the next milestone? When's the first word? When's the first understanding of things? You're always looking to the next thing and there's so much pressure. And having someone from an audiology point of view who is also guiding you, I think that makes a big difference. There is so much pressure on parents in general, for sure. (laughs) And that's what I saw was missing. That was the whole reason for the beginning of the podcast and then the group as it came together and why it's called Connect and Advocate. Because I really believe that it has to be about the connection that the parent has with their child and the parent has with themselves. You know, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like all of that overwhelm and that uncertainty and you don't know who to trust, a lot of it comes back to trusting yourself and knowing that you can take in information and make good decisions. And then you can be a really good advocate. Those together, connect and advocate. I'm so excited to think back with you on when we first met online, obviously. (laughs) Around the time that I did a HEAR retreat, which I do periodically. If I remember correctly, Amuna was either four or five months old and you came to the retreat. So what were you looking for when you signed up? To be honest, I didn't know what to expect because it was pretty short. But when I first joined, I was like, mind blown. Like, oh, wow, you mean I can ask questions even though it's free? And I think what surprised me the most was when you contacted me after I signed up and had 
this personal chat before the retreat just to find out what I was going through and for you to prepare what to do with us at the retreat, right? Yeah. And I think that was the most surprising part of the retreat, actually, because, I mean, you don't expect much from an Instagram account, right? <laughs> it's kind of like passive information, usually. I don't expect to get that many answers to my questions because you're popular, you know? <laughs> you're an influencer. So, oh, no. so, yeah, that first call was really what made the whole difference for me like somebody knows what I'm going through and I couldn't get this kind of help right now I can't because the understanding is different culture around audiology is different and so culture around deafness is different so I really needed that support that I couldn't get where I am right now so yeah I that first call and then the here retreat after that I don't know whether you remember but I had tons of questions <laughs> So that's the place. That's why I did it. Because we are all people, even though the numbers and the Instagram and the algorithm and all that. But we are people. And when people reach out to one another, that means a lot. I take the messages very seriously. And why I created the retreat was for all of us to come and actually see each other's faces on Zoom and have a conversation. The very first retreat had about 25 people live and others watching the replay. And I felt like that's a huge crowd. Like every single person. Wow. I, I felt so honored that all these people had come together. We had a beautiful retreat. And then after, since second, the third, the fourth were more intimate gatherings, 10 people, even five people. And I liked the big ones. I liked the small ones. Every time it's different. The middle of May is the next retreat. So definitely we'll have a link to sign up and learn more about that. I'm so excited that that was meaningful because I want to know who's coming to the retreat to make sure that it's appropriate for you, that your questions will be answered. So, wow, I'm glad to hear that. That's surprising to me. <laughs> and in case that wasn't clear, the Here Retreat is free. It's for you to come and make connections, meet other parents around the world. And then from there, I invite people to join us in the Connect and Advocate program. So I'd love to hear what were the thoughts that you had when you first learned about the program that we have and the things that made you want to be interested in joining us. I really needed support because like I said, I wasn't quite getting the support that I needed from the medical community here. I mean, maybe it's not as advanced. Maybe they would consider themselves advanced. But the feeling that I get from hearing about deafness in my country, it's not as well established as in America or other places. So I really needed someone to say that you're making the right decisions and it's not exactly going with the flow of normal audiology in your country, but that's okay. And more power to you to do the right thing or to do what's right for your family. Yeah, I think I really needed that. You can Google a lot of things, but I'm not an audiology expert, but I've had to dive into it. But even the deepest dive can't make you an expert overnight you know and that's pretty much how quickly you have to be an expert at it right because from newborn to three months old that's how long you have to google everything about hearing loss and you're not busy at all you're, nothing else is going on during that <laughs> yeah time. with a newborn right <laughs> sleepless nights and everything and also i just had a baby and i'm already dealing with my body and the lack of sleep and just making sure that this little person stays alive. I don't have the capacity to say, I made all the right decisions at this time. I need someone to say, this is what you have to think about. At least being objective about it. Giving me all the options. 
sometimes I feel like where I'm from, audiologists tends to see, let's say, deafness as a sickness to be cured. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, all the solutions work from that angle. Whereas, you know, Lila, you give me all the options. I'm empowered to make the right decision in that sense. Whatever is right for me and my family. So that's helpful. And that's what I needed. Oh, wow. This big controversy of what decisions to make and who to listen to. I feel that clinical audiologists who are doing such amazing work, all of my colleagues working so hard to get testing with kids and stickers and lollipops and really doing so much of the very intense mapping and programming and all that stuff. And then there's not so much room, emotional space or time for them to also hold your hand with how are you feeling about it and your questions. So this is also for our colleagues listening. This is something where you can say, I know that you need more. Go to the retreat. (laughs) Here's a link. It doesn't have to always be from one person or from one interaction and you can get it somewhere else, even someone in a different country, which I think is really great. Yeah. When I go to my audiology appointments, it's a short meeting because Mm -hmm. that's the appointment time and there's other patients waiting as well. They don't actually have that time to answer every single question. And if it's a government hospital, then it's even more packed because it's public, right? So everybody's coming to see them. So I get that. And so I needed more. I was surprised that I managed to find this support out of country (laughs) from overseas. The group is from all over the place. I mean, thank God for technology, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the biggest thing you also mentioned was about seeing that your child's identity and your relationship with them is bigger than what's wrong with them. Those kind yes. of expressions. Yes. Oof, they hurt right. my heart. <laughs> the terms that you get is how you would perceive your child. And so I think that's not necessarily what the medical professional might be concerned about because it is something for them to fix. But when you're a parent and you're looking at your child and yes, it is a problem, but it's not to be all and end all problem. It's a baby I'm looking at. It's a person, whether or not she's deaf, I have to treat this baby with respect. I have to teach her how to navigate life. And coming from a hearing perspective, I need an all-rounded perspective. I needed to get in touch with the deaf community as well. And surprisingly, I think the push from the group is that I realized that I didn't need to wait for a community to be established in my country for parents who need it. I realized, wow, we are from all over the world. We can meet and we can encourage each other. I can do the same in my own country. I can find and establish a tribe as well. And that's what I've been encouraged to do. It's incredible. You've done so much and you become a leader too. And now you're helping other people being like, okay, over here, swim over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't claim to be an expert. I just happen to meet people now. I started making hearing aid headbands and I just started meeting people randomly. I realized it wasn't being offered in my country and now here I am and it's amazing. And Amuna recently turned one. Yes! So congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. And you shared with me. Tell me if it's okay to say this. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> how much pressure there is on that first birthday. Yes. The, first, the milestones of 12 months. And yes. Talk a little bit about what that was like for you. Well, so that's another area of the medical profession or the speech therapist. I really do have a great speech therapist. The only thing is, it is a lot of pressure because... You want to know if the hearing aids are working. You want to know if sound access is there and they're not being deprived from language. And you want to meet those milestones, but we can't expect someone who has hearing loss to behave exactly like someone who doesn't. 
And so the milestones, even for just kids, right? The milestones differ by so much. I mean, there's a range, of course, but I'm sure that once you get to the start of the range, and if your child is the kind that, you know, I'm going to take my time until the end of that range, you'll be panicking throughout the range, right? Whether or not your child has hearing loss. So especially for deaf children, then the pressure is really on. And so for me, I had an older child who was ahead of her milestones. And so in my mind, the milestones were completely off because she was off. (laughs) When I compare my second child, then it's like, she seems really, really delayed. But actually, she's completely normal. And that's what I got from the group. Just sometimes, you know, just to be able to shoot this question in your mind, you don't want to worry about it. You know you shouldn't worry about it. But you just want to get that confirmation. And I'm just amazed, really, how quickly the encouragement comes back in. And you need to hear these things. That you're not being crazy. Everybody worries about it. Don't worry about it because every child, they have their own timeline. And so long as you know, you keep doing what you're doing, whatever therapy exercises that you need to do, you can be relaxed about it. You can focus on connecting rather than pressure, 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 pressure on this little baby. Wow. So in the group, we meet three times a month. And even if you can't join live, time zones or whatever other reason you can't join, We record it and then you've had that experience a lot with the time zone difference. Yes. (laughs) Tell us about your experience with the group is that you're connected with everyone even when you aren't always there live. And that's a testament to what the people in the group have created. (laughs) I love the other parents in the group as well because they're just so willing to share. I think it just comes from the shared journey to a certain extent. And in the community that I'm building now here, I realized that just so much that you can offer from being even two months ahead in the journey. You know what I mean? That you can just look back and think, she's probably worrying about this. Why don't I offer some encouragement? You know, it gets better or you will be okay. Just these small little things that people just need because they're just worrying all the time. Parents will just be worrying. Am I doing the right thing? Really? Am I doing the right thing? Is this the right doctor? Is this the right advice? Is this the right next step? But for someone to say, I've been there and you will be okay, makes a huge difference. Yes. And we have such a diversity. You're And when I was the youngest, but we have people in the group whose children are five and seven and two, mm. and we have hearing aid users and cochlear implant users, and everybody's in different educational programs in different countries and different medical systems. So even in that, it's a diverse knowledge base and everybody's yeah. experiences can be shared that way. That's right. Awesome. Erin, I'm so glad to talk to you. I always love talking <laughs> to you. So my last question for you and for everyone listening. What advice will you offer parents who are searching, who are hoping to find some more support? What advice do you have for them? And a little bit of love to everyone. (laughs) So much, but let me narrow it down. (laughs) You go Um, ahead, bring it on. (laughs) I think the main thing is, and this is something that I got from group as well, connection over everything even. I think it's important to realize that your child is a child. And all children come with their own special issues, (laughs) whether it's from behavior or terrible twos. And hearing loss is not your fault, really. Sometimes parents need to hear that it's not your fault. Sometimes you can't even identify where it comes from or how it happens. So make sure you're not all about fixing, 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 but connecting. Even when you do, you know, 
uh, your speech therapy exercises, your, your language enrichment. It doesn't have to be because it's an exercise that you need to do. It's an opportunity for connection. It's an opportunity to get to know your child, to love your child, to just let your child be a child. It's tempting to want to push them to be so-called normal. It's so tempting to push them to be what we think is normal, but I think we need to be reminded that this is a child and let them be a child. Yeah, your child is not an orange. You don't have to squeeze every single drop out of your child in that sense. Instagram ideas <laughs> are from our conversation. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to squeeze them so hard. You can just hug them. <laughs> just hug. That's fine too. <laughs> I think that's the main advice I would have. <laughs> Yeah, that is beautiful. And we try to stay in the moment as much as possible. Yeah. I think what happens mm. so much in this space is we're always thinking about their future and their abilities yes. and what access they'll have when they're older and what life they'll yes. have. And we're like, the kid is three months old and we're thinking about yes. when they're 30. I do that all the time. <laughs> all you do, need yeah. the grounding, right? The worries just take you anywhere bad, basically. You don't have to worry about something that may not even happen. And I yes. think that's where sometimes, you know, you need someone to rein you back in. <laughs> An objective voice of reason. Ah, that is so true. Amazing <laughs> advice. Thank you, Erin, so much for sharing your story and your experience and being such an important part of the group. Thank you for the wonderful All About Audiology listeners and those of you reading the transcript at allaboutaudiology.com. We will have full links to a lot of the things we discussed today, including Erin Miller's Instagram, as well as millercoshop.com, where you can check out those headbands and definitely sign up for the next here retreat. That will be at allaboutaudiology.com slash here. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much. One more thing about the HEAR retreat is that the HEAR retreat is a little tongue in cheek. It's called H-E-A-R. And so you kind of think it's about hearing, but it's really not. H-E-A-R is an acronym that I made up for the four big pillars, the topics that I want to always discuss with parents. H, which is the history, what experiences you've had until now. And E is about the emotions and all the feelings that come up with that. Then we go into advocacy and what you can do to help your child the most. And R is always about reconnecting. So if anybody's concerned about why is this called the HEAR retreat, it's really just to be clever with audiology. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Erin. No problem. It's my joy. <laughs> I look forward to, to all the calls. It's, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to inundate you with messages. <laughs> yeah. This is the All About Audiology podcast. Thank you. Thank you.